Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Secret Cabinet. Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Secret Cabinet, a place where all those artifacts and things have room that our history teachers would have rather not told us about. And today, Joshua Norton, the Emperor of the United States, or I kind of like the way the original German had it as the Kaiser of America. And the Germans have another interesting word, namely Reichsteppen, like imperial idiots or Reichsidiots. Those self-proclaimed power holders that had gotten their strength without any substance and named themselves to monarchs, reichs, chancellors, and who knows what else. Now these, these easily confused people that out of completely personal reasons are discouraged from the legitimate democratic state and then distance themselves radically by founding a state that is supposedly founded on people's rights that they don't understand themselves and base themselves on the history of a long-gone ancestor state, often with quite esoteric and even brown ideological underpinnings. This is not just a German phenomenon. And of course, other states also have these sort of confused spirits. And it's not even a phenomenon of the presence, as we're about to find out. Approximately exactly 200 years ago, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to say that, such a figure was born. Joshua Abraham Norton. His birth date is a little bit unclear. Hypotheses reach from 1811 to 1815, all the way to 1819, with a tendency to the first date. Certain is only that he was born in a London family of quite resourceful merchants. His parents sought and found their luck in 1820 in South Africa. The son Joshua at first seemed to have inherited the talent of his family after he had gotten a gift from his father of $40,000 and in 1849 headed to San Francisco, at first he made pretty good profits with realty and businesses that were connected with the infected gold rush 49ers. During a famine in China where the price for rice rose to almost 10 times what it was, but apparently he became a little greedy because he tried to corner the market through buying a huge shipment full of rice. Unfortunately for him though, and suddenly there were steady shipments of rice again, this time from Peru. But basically overnight, the rice market just fell through the floor. 1856, Norton found himself having to declare bankruptcy. After an attempt to annul the purchase in front of a court, 
And what does one normally do when not everything goes according to plan? One fights with the state. And so, apparently also Norton. That after a several-year absence, no one knows what he did in that time, he suddenly proclaimed himself on the 17th of September, 1859, to Emperor of the United States. His proclamation he sent to several newspapers. Quote, at the preemptory request of a large majority of the citizens of these United States, I, Joshua Norton, formerly of Algoa Bay, Cape of Good Hope, and now for the last nine years and ten months past, of San Francisco, California, declare and proclaim myself the emperor of these United States. He dissolved Congress because fraud and corruption hinder the honest and leveled presentation of the will of the people. They were openly breaking the law, and they're being led by gangs and parties and political unity and sects. And it's also the single citizen that does not get the protection of person and property that he deserves. Signed, Norton I, Emperor of the United States and Protectorate of Mexico. Strangely, Congress didn't react at all to this and just kept continuing on, despite the imperial edict. Norton fumed. Stronger forces are needed, literally. Therefore, he called in 1860 the army, to once and for all put an end to this nonsense. Since there's a group of people that call themselves the National Congress, are openly breaking the imperial edict from the 12th of October last year that had dissolved the so-called Congress that is still in Washington. Since, since it is of the utmost importance for the reputation of our empire that this edict is followed strictly. Therefore, I now give the order and directions on General Major Winfield Scott, the commander of our armies, to immediately and with necessary force to clear the halls of the Congress. But also the army seemed to be a little bit hard of hearing, or they just didn't read the right newspapers, perhaps. Now in a state of emergency, the emperor dissolved the constitution itself, forbid the Republican and Democratic parties, and printed $25 and $50 bills of his own currency. As he tried to get credit in the big American banks, in the sums of millions, these banks seemed to be strangely stubbornly opposed to the emperor's wishes. And not just them. When the Central Pacific Railroad declared it was their right to refuse his demand for free meals, he simply had them liquidated. His empire, the streets of San Francisco, hosted his majesty, usually in an artful blue uniform with gold shoulder boards, which he had gotten from the officers of the local army camp and wore a big ostrich feather in his hat. He would lean majestically on his cane. When it rained, he had a colorful Chinese umbrella. He held court in his, for 50 cents a day, rented pretty shabby apartment, actually. From the walls hung faded pictures of Queen Victoria and Empress Eugene, which looked down upon his pretty shaky field bed. Despite this, he always seemed to have a following of street dogs and children. The people seemed to love his appearances and partially played along. When he would, for instance, check the condition of the sidewalks, as also the cable cars, and even the appearance of the local police. His popularity showed itself in 1876, especially well, as one tried to arrest him for vagrancy and with the suspicion of mental illness. 
but there was an uproar throughout the population and the community, and they pushed the authorities to let the emperor free again. The emperor forgave graciously, and the policemen saluted him from now on whenever he walked by. As in 1896 his uniform began to become a little worn out, he published a new proclamation. For all to know, we, Emperor of the United States and Protectorate of Mexico, and we have become aware of bitter complaints against the status of the imperial wardrobe. Even His Majesty the King of Pain felt empathy and has offered us a coat to help, which of course we would not like to accept. And by the way, the King of Pain was in the city known panhandler or, or street seller who walked around in, in a bright red velvet robe and top hat and sold patent medicine out of a black coach. And therefore we warn all whose duty it is to care for us that their scalp is in danger if they don't immediately help. And of course the city council took his advice and bought the ruler a new robe. And the emperor therefore named all of the council members of the council as nobility. And according to legend, Norton may have even hindered one of the anti-Chinese protests that were common in the 1860s and 70s, or at least perhaps hindered it from escalating out of control. He stood himself between the approaching violent mob and the Chinese migrants and just said the Lord's Prayer so often until the aggressors took off. Despite his absurd habits, which many took as signs of schizophrenia or perhaps megalomania, but Norton had this almost visionary aspect to him, like the time he ordered a big construction project. He says, Since we had given the mandate that the citizens of San Francisco and Oakland to secure the financial means to test a bridge construction project from Oakland Point over Goat Island and also a tunnel project, and therefore to see which is the better project. And since those citizens had until now ignored the edict earlier, and we now demand that our authority is completely respected, we command herewith the arrest of the council members of both city councils through the army if they continue to ignore our imperial edicts. With royal letter and seal, San Francisco, the 17th September, 1872. The said bridge was not built according to his orders, but a little time later it did in fact happen. The Bay Bridge, since 1936, connects San Francisco and Oakland. Since 1939, there's a plaque which reminds us that already, that already Emperor Norton wanted to construct the bridge. And in the later years, there were several attempts to name the bridge after him. The youngest one just a couple years ago. With the regents of his time, Norton led a lively letter exchange. Queen Victoria of England, the German Kaiser, and also the French president, they all received mail from San Francisco. Probably mostly a pretty one-sided correspondence. The replies to all those letters must have somehow strangely gotten lost in the mail. But 1876, Brazilian Emperor Dom Pedro II visited the USA and even Norton's home city, and had even actually heard of Norton, who, of course, by this time had already become somewhat of a tourist attraction. But the real emperor wanted to meet the self-proclaimed one in person. And in the Noble Palace Hotel, the monarchs engaged each other on parlayed for an hour. 
as in 1880, the emperor was taking his usual patrol, he suddenly collapsed on the street and died before a coach could get him to the nearest hospital. Even though he died almost completely without any means, even though he only had $6 to a name and an old gold coin, he should get a proper burial, one worthy of an emperor. Through generous donations of the local business unions, Norton, instead of having a pauper's grave, he had a worthy funeral. And it's said that between ten to 20,000 people crowded the streets as his coffin was being brought to the cemetery. The train behind it was said to be up to two miles long. Literarily, Mark Twain had given him a great monument. The character of the king and Huckleberry Finn is based on Emperor Norton. And in many works of pop culture, Joshua Norton found many a rebirth from Robert Louis Stevenson all the way to the comic Lucky Luke, all have references to the off-emperor. Even in the Principia Discordiatum, the holy book of the satirical religion of Discordians, there's an epitaph, maybe the nicest one of all. Quote, Everybody understands Mickey Mouse, few understand Hermann Hess, and only a handful understand Albert Einstein, but no one understood Emperor Norton. (laughs) 